Zelda. Yeah, I can yeah. do Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we probably cross paths. I'm, I'm there Wednesday. I'm there Monday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We kick the week off, and then you guys take it off. Oh, that's definitely. I like it. All right, close. Y'all ready? Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike, the creator of the One Life Podcast, believes most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike wants you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. The One Life Podcast unites the world through art, fashion, music, and film. It inspires, motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life Podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life Podcast to your playlist. That's the number one in e-life. Available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and your favorite podcast platform. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and as always, I got Diana Gotti hey. from the AV Wellbeard Coalition with us today. And we also have our entertainment segment host, Latifah, is in the What's building. Up, Latifah, and we have the one, the only, the singer-songwriter, Joey. How are you doing today? I'm doing hey. good. How are you guys? Wow, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Thank you guys for thinking of me for your podcast. Oh, yeah. You, you are a pillar in this community. You do Thank a you. lot of stuff in and, you know, I know, I know your family is, is real big in the, in the industry out here and mm-hmm. you are making a name for yourself because everybody, you. you know, everybody that I talk to says they love you. Oh, well, that's good. It's good to hear good things, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and it reminds me of like the Jackson family. Yeah. Mm. Like you're, I'm assuming, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. I am. The, yeah, oh, okay. the oldest of four, but I appreciate that. I'll take it as a compliment because <laughs> it means I'll be aging well then. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, but I mean, I say that because you're, everybody says that you're the talent. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank and so you. for you to break out on your own and just kind of do your own thing right now, you're you're making a lot of waves out there. And like, <laughs> you're doing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been fun kind of doing my own thing and, and being on my own. All right. Yeah. So we're we going to get into this. So, yes, sir. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> She's like, I thought you set this up. Yeah, no, no. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm now curious. I feel what? like I'm, I'm left out. I, I don't know much uh, uh, about, about the, yeah, yeah, the background. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Um, so I grew up uh, in a family of musicians, mm-hmm. uh, but it was definitely like kind of like a, more of a front that my dad had kind of created for everyone where he kind of forced me and my siblings into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and by proxy, just because we... We're like the Jackson 5, literally. Yeah. Uh, we had no other choice but to just keep getting better and keep working and getting good and stuff. Um, but my dad was kind of ge- deemed the Italian Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on Wife Swap when I was like a young kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It was that. quite an experience, but um, it was like my dad's kind of concept of like, oh, we'll go and get a lot of exposure and get out there. And then it just kind of completely backfired on him because of how he is as a person. Um, and he definitely is kind of like the Joe Jackson thing. So hmm. just throughout the years, kind of had a family band and trying to push that on the novelty. And it just got to the point where I couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't deal with like the pressure and the abuse and just the things that they would say and do. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm, I can go do this on my own. Hmm. Um, I don't need to feel stuck anymore. And so I did that about a year and a half ago. I left and kind of went on my own path and, uh, it's been so great ever since because everything positive started happening. Any roadblocks that were there kind of stopped 
getting in the way and mm-hmm. just became a more positive, happy experience. Because oh, okay. I definitely had a moment I was not a fan of music anymore. Really? I didn't want to do it because yeah. I'd done it. I've had like a 20 year career at this point. So I'm like, man, I put in time and I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting to do things on my own in my own way, it kind of relit that excitement for it. Of course. Now, because now I, I want to comment on that because a lot of people don't realize this because uh, I've been in entertainment for 35 years. Right. right? And. I worked with kids all my life and even like on my shows and I've seen parents where they, you know, everybody always say, oh, you're cute. Your child is cute. Put them in entertainment. Right. Yeah. And then they force the kids to yeah. do this and they don't right. realize like, like the kids and the parents don't realize like that's a full time job. Yeah. Not only do the kids because my, my niece went through this a few years ago when she was like seven years old. And I had to explain to her because she, she was like, Unk, like, I literally don't have no time for myself because mm-hmm. not only is it a full time job, but guess what? You're still a kid you still had to do your school activities right. your school stuff right so it was always you know um, being on set for nine ten hours then you got to go do your your uh, school stuff then you still have your activities because with kids you still got to take some type of activity like is whether it's dancing boxing some type of sport activity because right. as you, when you're a kid on set those skills help you get parts yeah so you're literally out there 16, 18 hours a day. You have no time for nothing. No, and see, I actually missed out on the, like, kid social interaction right. thing. Like, I didn't have that at all because we moved almost every two years mm-hmm. from all over America. We lived in Switzerland for a few years, and wow. I was a little all over, so I didn't have time to really make close friends or right. connections. And I was working, like, full-time from the time I was 11, and it was just rehearsing and recording and shows and so the amount of times like I would miss out on my own birthdays and Mm -hmm. um, events or parties and things that my friends would be normally doing normally Mm -hmm. getting their interaction at that age I didn't really have that moment and I feel like I definitely missed out on a lot of it because of that Um, but I will say that my work ethic now is way stronger because of the years of time that I have had to put into it. Um, So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah, it is. But I definitely feel like that if there are kids who are going to get into the music industry, they need some moments of being a kid and doing that. Because I was in public school, but I wasn't hanging out with friends. I wasn't doing really sleepovers, like none of that stuff that as a kid, like especially a little girl, you want to have sleepovers with your friends and do like the mud mask and all that stuff and be like not really a thing. It was more the business comes first since like right. I did like figure skating for a bit and that was like, okay, you have to pick either you do that or you do music. Right. And it was kind of like the unspoken rule of you had to pick music. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I would say if, seriously, if there's any parents who want their kids in it, like make sure they have that time with their friends. And, but, but, and not to force it either. Cause I've seen <clears> so many parents force their kids <clears> and <throat> I used to have to pull parents to the side, but like, you know, uh, your, your kid just don't have it. Like yeah. you're forcing. <laughs> no, for real. I had to be honest. Like you're you're forcing them. They didn't and have it as in they didn't have the drive. Is that what no, you mean? Just the, the, talent. The, acting, the talent skills. Mm. Ooh, that's a hard conversation. <laughs> no, it, it is, but it's a conversation you have to have because mm-hmm. you're forcing your kid to do something. And like you said, they're missing out on their childhood. Like, no, let them go be a kid because yeah. this is not going to last. I mean, Seriously. I've been on the set plenty of time with the set kids, and I, they always want to make me be somebody's mother. And <laughs> like, I swear, it's like these kids are brilliant, and I've seen mm-hmm. some that are like fireballs they're just like extremely intelligent just like they're assertive they're 
you know, right? But see, those kids are completely different from the kids that I know what you're talking about. But see, because so I mean, the difference is because you're an actress, so you already see them once they go through the phase where I get them because I'm a producer mm-hmm. developer, so I get all the kids before anybody see them before we we schedule you for a show. So I get all the auditions, all the kids that want yeah. to be, and oh. it's like no, like don't waste your time mm-hmm. because they. I think they would have yeah. to be excited, like a little. They're like little. Like excited balls of fire, like it's hard to believe how much they really are. Yeah. It's set kids and um, acting kids. Yeah. How old were you? How did how were you? How did you act when you were on set? Um, I was always trying to be very professional. There was kind of that like overlooming, like just parental fear of like mm-hmm. if I don't do good, I'm going to hear about it after. So for me, it was more be as professional as you can, be as polite as you can, um, shake hands, look in each people's eyes, that whole thing. And so for me, it was much more like a business of like, okay, how do I be as professional as I can be? Right. How, do you, how do you deal with feedback now as an adult, considering you had that looming presence as a kid? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that now? Like, it's, it's a tough process, I think, honestly, because the feedback I would get would be like negative, 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 and then like a little bit of positive just to bring you back up. Mm-hmm. And then you'd hear the negative, negative, mm-hmm. negative again. So like when you hear positive things, I think I think it made me be my own like worst critic because I hear something and I'm like, I can do that better, I can do that better, I can do that better. And then I'll be talking to someone else who's working on me with the music and they're like, that was really good. Why, what do you want to change? I'm like, well, that little note right there was bad. So, so when, you, when you were younger, and just to kind of touch on what we were just talking about a minute ago, like you said, uh, and a lot of kids that I had in my audition room, they would have their parents in there. So mm-hmm. we used to tell parents, hey, you can't be in here. Yeah. Because that does, that pressure of the parent being in the, in, in the room, a it's a lot of pressure. And a lot of parents, they, they kind of demanded, like, no, I need to be in there. Mm-hmm. But that's because they know their kid is not going to do well. But And they think that by them being in the room, they are. But it's the reverse psychology. Like, no, they're scared to death right now. Yeah. So we used to tell parents, no, go get off the lot, matter of fact. I think <laughs> like, it's also, like, parents feel like sometimes they can kind of commandeer the audition or the right. session or the meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they feel like if they're in the room, they have a little bit more say of how things might go. Because, like, any kid's going to probably mess up what they're going to say or they right. might stumble. or And if they have that, like, thing behind them where they're like, I better not mess up, mm-hmm. it makes them a little bit more on edge. But I think if the parents there, they're like, oh, they, I can fix it if something goes mm-hmm. wrong. So now, now as an adult, now um, when you go do your stuff, you're more at ease because yeah. there's no pressure behind you. Yeah, I mean, I've never been afraid of the stage. That's always where I felt kind of like a second home just because I grew up on a stage. Like, it's way more comfortable. I, I find that more comfortable than just, like, one-on-one interactions with people sometimes. Like, I'm more comfortable in that zone. Um, but it's definitely, it can be a little weird, mm-hmm. like, being with other people and then having your own time to come out and you're like, oh, this is a little bit more freeing. It's right. a little bit more comfortable. I don't feel as like, not on edge, but as like need to be spot on every time. And I feel like that kind of opens up more creativity too. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you afraid to make mistakes now? Not as much. No. I mean, I, I know when I hear I made a mistake and I'm, to myself, I'm like, man, I messed that up. And my fiance, he's been learning about music and he'll be in the audience and he's, he'll pick up on it and he'll just sit there and he's like, nobody notices. They don't. Right. Yeah. But they don't. <laughs> they don't. He's as like, long, you know. As long as you don't flinch with it, yeah. they don't know. You can just be like, they'll be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's like a rendition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it goes back to like you're your own worst critic. And that's the thing is like you hear every mistake and you know yeah. what you're supposed to do and you do it and you're like, man, everybody heard that. And then you come to realize, I think when you're on your own, you're like, oh, nobody really realized nobody that. Diana, I learned from my last conversation, talk about struggling well. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
we I went through this exercise. I was like, I made a, I made a, a oopsie, and I just was trying to figure out how many days it was going to take for me to get over mm-hmm. the repetition of the of the mistake or the hurdle. Mm-hmm. I've been saying all week, hurdle, hurdle, mistake, hurdle, mistake, right? <laughs> um, no, and, don't and, say that. And so I, I think it took about seven days for my worst beat beat up affair where I'm like, you messed up, you did this, mm-hmm. and I was like, I took days of like self talk of like, dude, you made a mistake, it's fine. People do that, wonk, 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 get through it. Right. But you got to still reapproach. And what are you going to do on the reapproach? Are you going to give up? And all that. So yeah. thank you yeah. for struggling well. But actually, it comes from humility as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How do you be humble? You, you, you have to be to humble. You have to. You know, oh. it's, and I think, you know, from what I'm getting, um, and the whole time I'm just, my mind's just processing, it's, um, you know, it sounds like generational, right? Yeah, for sure. And it, the trauma comes from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it becomes like second nature, becomes, you know, kind of almost what you do, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. you don't see how damaging it can be mm-hmm. because it's so repetitive. It's mm-hmm. so normal. So becoming more humble is being accepting, mm-hmm. accepting of that and knowing that it's part of the process, right? right. Yeah. Because although they might have not allowed you to really process the mistakes, I think that's why you are so successful and so great at what you do because of those mistakes. Right. Because you, were, I'm sure you didn't always know what you were doing, <laughs> no. right? But yeah. if you weren't able to kind of process through all of that, how would you be where you are today? And not only that, but, you know, allow yourself to flourish, right? you definitely. know, and, and be your own identity. Yeah. So I think what you learn through all that is your own psychological safety. Mm-hmm. Like definitely. this is no longer okay. Right, you know, yeah. and, and setting the boundaries, yeah. right? And that's sometimes some of the hardest things to do. But, you know, loving yourself, being humble, mm-hmm. you know, about that, because there's always ego, right? Yeah, of course. And then if you allow that to kind of take over, you're not going to be able to see the bigger picture. Right, yeah. So so during your time where you said you um, kind of took a break, mm-hmm. um, just during it, like Diana called it, challenges, um, how did you get it back? Um. Honestly, when I started, because I, it, the way I left my family was pretty abrupt. It was kind of an argument that came to a head, and I made the choice to just walk away. Um, and for a few months, I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have the means to go out and perform and do things. And I was burnt out. I just had, like, a couple guitars. So for, like, a few months, I was just kind of, like, figuring out where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And I got some equipment and started doing like booking some acoustic shows like just locally um because I needed to make money and I needed to make a living while I was figuring out kind of the situation and it was probably a solid six months to a year of still not enjoying it um and trying to deal with everything because it wasn't just okay now I'm on my own it was I'm on my own I'm dealing with the family drama I'm dealing people I'm not talking to anymore, people I would like to talk to again, stuff like that. So it was a lot deeper than just, I don't want to do music. It was, I don't want to do music because of all this stuff that's added on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just through, one, being in an environment, because I moved in with my fiancé and his family, and it was a much more supportive and positive and happy um, living environment. And it was just, kind of helped me go through things on my own, Mm -hmm. at my own pace. And they were very understanding. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And if you do want to do it, do it. Just do what makes you happy. And so eventually, just over the course of doing shows on my own, kind of building myself back up, being afraid of, like, will people still come listen to me if I'm not with the family behind me? Will people still be interested? Um, 
and going through all that. And then eventually I got to a point where I was like, man, this is actually fun because I can do it the way I want to. I can pick what songs I want to do. I can sing them the way I want to. Um, and I can do the shows that I want to do and not be forced to do. Cause I was doing like sometimes four to seven shows a week and it'd be four hours straight. I wasn't allowed to take breaks. If you had to go to the bathroom, it was like, hurry up, go hurry up. And so it was a very stressful thing. And I was like, man, I don't want to be stressed out like this my whole life. See, see, this mm-hmm. is where I got I to gotta say where I try to tell people that everybody was born with a gift. Mm-hmm. You obviously was gifted in this you. You know, musical world. And it, w- it was okay for you to take a break mm-hmm. and get out of that negative environment mm-hmm. and do it your way. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people fail because they think they have to stay in that environment and, and they are doing it other people way. And it's like, no, get out of your environment, go do it your way, the way you want to do it. Yeah. Cause it's your life, your path. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to live someone else's path. And right. that's what you did. You took a break. Cause it's, it's always, we talk about that a lot. Right. Like go, it's, it's okay to take a break mm-hmm. and, you know, reestablish yourself or whatever you want to call it. And get back on your path. Right. And you found, you fell back in love with music yeah. your way. Exactly. And that's amazing. You know, it's empowering thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. It made me feel like a lot better. It was a lot more freeing and empowering. And I felt a little bit more confident in my abilities because I wasn't taught how to set up a stage. I wasn't really taught how to record my music. They taught my brothers, but I was never really taught. Really? And so for me, it was the fear of like, will I be able to do this? Like, will I, am I able to do that? Am I able to understand that side of it? Cause I can sing and I can play music and stuff. I can so write. So how'd you find out the technical part? Just figure <laughs> I went I mean, did you I, have any colleagues that like kind of kicked in and was like, Hey, let me, let me just show you a, no. a setup. And so like, what I did was I kind of took the idea of like what I would see. Cause I was paying attention to like what needed to be done. I didn't necessarily know like, Oh, what cables are going to go into what slots and yeah, what, yeah. where it's going to all line up. But I knew the basis of what I needed. Okay. And so I got, some basic equipment that I knew was good brands that would last me that weren't going to break the bank. Cause at the time I didn't really have access to anything. So I did that. And then I sat on my, my fiance's patio and we sat there for a few hours, just figuring it out, reading the books, going mm-hmm. through things and then trying it out. And then I ran through like a little rough version of a show for him and his parents. And I was, I was like, remember like tearing up, like, oh, I was, I did it. I was able to do it. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and, that, and that's why I try to tell people, just do it. Stop overthinking things. Yeah. Because if you have the gift, the God ability gift that God gave you, you're going to figure it out. Right. Like people overthink things so much. Like I get people all the time. Oh, I want to do a podcast. I want to do this. Go do it. Yeah. Stop overthinking it. Just go do it. You're going to figure it out. Yeah. Especially if it's your passion and your gift. But listen to the affirmation she was getting from her, from the people around her, like your right. fiance and her fiance's right. family. I mean, that environment sound like, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's a perfect world. And, and that's, that's part of it too. Like you have to be around people. And again, that's why if you go back to what I was saying a minute ago, get out of that negative environment. Yeah. yeah. Because if she didn't have that, there's mm-hmm. no telling where she'd be, but she was, you know, blessed enough to be with her fiance and his family that gave her that support. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely feel like God kind of intervened yes. by putting him in my life at the time that he did. Um, Cause he came into my life when there was like a lot of, Mm-hmm. Issues with my parents, they had divorced, they separated right after him and I started dating and he was there through all of it and he was the positive reinforcement and he was also because I didn't really necessarily realize how dysfunctional my family was. So seeing him and his family and seeing an actual positive family and supportive and not no agendas, no mm-hmm. nothing in their way, just love and support. I was like, oh, like you can really feel much better doing the same thing. And what's your fiance name? Jesse. 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 And Jesse is dope because he's an MA fighter. <laughs> yeah. And he just won his fight. He I did. saw that kick. He kicked that dude's ass. Yeah. 
He kicked, he knocked him down with yeah. the kick, and then he knocked him out with yeah, the hands. Exactly. Yeah, that, that was a dope fight. I, I caught, I caught part of it. So Thank yeah, you. congratulations on, to him, and you know for being a supportive fiance. You yeah. know, shout out to him. He's the best for yeah. sure. I'm, I'm really grateful for him. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. So, aren't you into? Aren't you into the physical sports as well? I, yeah. I am. Yeah, She's a bodybuilder too, right? I, yeah, yeah, I do the bikini division of bodybuilding for fun. I enjoy it. Um, I have trained MMA for fun because I enjoy the sport, um, which is how I met my fiance. And then he's, I let him do the fighting thing because I'm like, you, you do that. I'm so wait, like, I saw a video of you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, I just no, saw I'm a video of you. Like a good I saw a video of you on after I think during the fight where you was like, like. I felt like you wanted to get in the ring and kick dude ass too. She was like, yeah, yeah. Like you were so excited and pumped. I, I get pumped up. And somehow, I don't know how, but I always end up like really close, either right by the cage or uh-huh. right by there. And like, I get like, obviously like nerves and stuff. Cause I'm like, that's my guy out there. But also I, I, I'm with him for all his training. So I'm confident in his abilities, but I'll be there just yelling. I I'm like, Snickers at his fight, like I need a Snickers because I'm not. But that's myself. that that's that great energy, like like how you said he, you know, him and his family give to you, but you also give it back mm, to them. Yeah, and that's that balance, that great balance of love. Yeah, well, you got to have a team that's strong, that genuinely wants you guys to win. Like you want each other to win. It's not one sided. You have right. to want everyone to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how do you feel about getting hit in your face? Because that's my that's my worst nightmare <laughs> oh, yeah, right there. I don't do that. I don't know. I want to get mm, hit in my face. I don't I've done it a few times. Oh, man, I feel like. <laughs> Honestly, when you're, when you're, cause I've done, I've never done a fight, but I've done like sparring at the gym mm-hmm. and I've taken a few shots. And the first time I was like super nervous and then I got hit and I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Let's keep doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, and then I got paired with a guy and like he dropped me and I was like, well, okay, that's a little, that's that bad. That part is that bad. <laughs> but, I'm just like, oh, like, I just like want to keep you like. As far away from my face as possible. Well, you're like, an actress. I think all actresses feel Before no. I was an actress, I, I was a, a person who never wanted to get hit in their face. Like, <laughs> never. Like, yeah. never. Like, I hate that. I, I mean, hate. it's definitely weird to want to get hit in your face. Like, I don't want to get hit in my face. My fiance doesn't want to get hit in the face. But, it like, for him, it comes with the territory. So, he's mm. like... I'm gonna I get had hit. long arms, so my thing is always: you're never gonna get past this space right here, wherever that is. No, you stay got back that far. So, um, yeah, Mike, that's my secret power. I like no, it. That's what I'm saying. You gotta have that reach. Just, just gotta have. I'm sure. Right I know. Looking at her arms, like yeah, that's, that's, that's a long. Okay. Like so, if you got to my face, what am I doing wrong? Right? <laughs> that happened. All right. So bikini, also. Yeah. I okay. Do. So, are you nervous about that part? Like. Like, um, I was watching this movie. I think it was called "Don't Call Me Sally," or it's she's a bodybuilder. Uh, um, it's like this documentary about this chick. She, um, she accidentally, uh, not, she killed her husband. But oh, yeah, you know I what I'm talking about, right? And, and mm-hmm. I was just watching her drive because she was in the military. She was just super pumped, and I just loved her, her guts. Right. It had really, the, really, the story wasn't about the husband situation. It was really about what type of person can get through that kind of yeah. Like, hard trials yeah so how do you deal with that with the body i mean because it's a lot it it looks like it's very expensive from what i understand (laughs) that's the hardest part (laughs) um yeah it's like a whole nother career of its of a i i was just Mm. astounded yeah i got into it in 2019 um and it was right after my parents had split and for me it was more of a coping mechanism like it was a healthy outlet where i could work out feel good, kind of just escape at the gym. And then 
I fell in love with like the science behind it of like what you can do with your body through eating right and not restricting too much. Cause I definitely restricted way too much on my first competition. Um, and then going to the next one, it's like a learning phase each time. And then uh, my fiance actually trains me now and it's been way better cause he has um, a lot more knowledge than I do on the weight cuts and stuff like that. But it's hard. It's like a lot of, it's very physically demanding. You're in the gym twice a day at least and then you're doing cardio twice a day yeah at least (laughs) yeah and then um it's a lifestyle it's not like like a lot of people go to the gym for fun and they want (laughs) to do all this stuff but like what you and your fiance do and a lot of other people like like even like with jessica that owns uh, yeah. Happy Thoughts Fitness. She does mm-hmm. bikini. She yeah, she trains. Oh, yeah. oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Jessica? I, met, I met Jessica. Yeah. yeah, Jessica is one of our good friends, and uh, like that's a lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. tell me about it. It, it is. is. Yeah, and then I'm not on, like I'm you said, not on that. <laughs> I was like, once a day. Okay, I feel you. Girl. Early morning Kobe time. Kobe okay. three o'clock in the morning. I got you. I got you. But twice a day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just had them ribs a little while ago, <laughs> and I would fuck them up. <laughs> I think the diet is probably the hardest part. Yeah. Like yeah. it's definitely because you're you're restricting calories. You're being strategic about it, so you're not trying to burn yourself out because you have weeks to go mm-hmm. through that. Um, so we try to really kind of mix it up and find lower calorie recipes that are still good and fun. Like we make a pizza. It's like a big old pizza, and it's like 500 calories. And we're like, oh, this is great. We get to eat a whole pizza. The whole pizza is 500 the whole pizza, calories, and it's great. We love. So it. you have a cookbook for this? Because I've never <laughs> seen a 500 calorie whole pizza. <laughs> I'd love to come out with one. I've, we've talked about coming out with a cookbook because, like, we love coming up with recipes that are lower but still. Okay, keep is your cauliflower wheat. What is what is this, no? What is this bread made of? That's only. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of carbs, a piece. No, and that's actually the thing. We actually found this these flatbreads by this company called Mm. Cut the Carb, and it's like a small business too. And Mm. it's like eighty calories for the whole flatbread. You can make burritos, enchiladas, lasagna. You can make everything with it. And we've been making pizzas with it. And so we just look at the labels honestly and say, okay, this pizza sauce is like ten calories less, so that just takes them off. And you can still have like the same things. It's just measuring it out not like knowing your portions and I'm down with a 500 calorie. yeah right and it's good it feels like you're eating a real pizza and it's a big one too so you get stuffed and it doesn't affect your goals mm-hmm. so how many calories a day can you consume being in for what you're doing it depends on i think what phase you're in i mean and everyone's different everybody has different calorie goals so like yeah. someone who may be eating 2,000 calories a day cutting may be the same as like what i would eat in bulking like if I'm eating like two to three thousand calories, trying to build muscle, they're eating that while they're cutting. Dang. So it depends on your metabolism and your training and how you approach your your diet. But like, I've had times I was eating like three thousand, thirty five hundred calories a day, and then times I've been eating like fifteen hundred. So it just depends on the phase you're in and what needs to be done to meet your deadline. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a lot. It's she a lot. does a lot of stuff, right? Okay. Not just being an entertainer and singer. Like, that's <laughs> nutritionist and all that stuff. Hey, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's that's a lot in itself, just being a singer, songwriter. Um, but then you do all that on top of it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like my hobby. It like keeps me. It's like that thing to do right. outside of music. No, and, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, you have that outlet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the yeah. balance. I think I re- read that in Michelle's book. or Michelle even McQuaid? That, yeah, or her uh podcast um show how they was talking about you do need that outlet because you can get burnt out like if you like like just for instance like oh, a singer yes, songwriter yeah. and you just do that all day every mm-hmm. day at some point you're gonna get burnt out yeah. you need an outlet like you need yeah. to do something outside of that yeah no sure. i love that yeah 
Yeah, you're like inspiring me. I'm like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should do a little something. You know, what? I've never seen, I've never seen Diana this quiet. <laughs> no, I'm so intrigued. No, <laughs> you know what? She's my really mo- giving us a bunch of science right she here. Really <laughs> is, you know? Yeah, we were like, what? Wait, hold up. <laughs> no, but you know what it is. Sometimes you have to allow people to speak because right. you have a very inspiring story. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Although you have had, and I call them hiccups as mm-hmm. well, like in life, you know, you're being very vulnerable and honest, and I love that. And sometimes people will withhold that, especially mm-hmm. being in the industry and, you know, having a career, yeah. and you're going to be in the spotlight, right? right. And so people are always going to nitpick at that, but yeah. might as well address it. This is my reality, and right. hold accountability. You know, like I'm, I'm really big on that, that a lot of people don't know how to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And then they want to portray something that they're not. Mm -hmm. So I really am like, I I want you to say more because people (laughs) need to hear that, though. Honestly. No, I agree. I think like for me, the longest time being in that family, man, it was the image. They Mm -hmm. cared more about Mm -hmm. what we looked like to people as opposed to what was going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that. Mm having to keep like all the stuff hidden and kind of have that poker face every time you're out, like get it, you get yelled at and then you have to go on stage and give a four hour show acting like nothing happened. So it's like, you have to keep those emotions at bay. And I think once I left, like I started feeling a lot of stuff. I'm a crier too. Like Mm -hmm. I cry at the drop of a hat. So just letting those emotions out and then feeling better and then talking to people and feeling better. And I was like, sometimes you have to talk about what you've been through. And if, if not for yourself, if for someone else who hears it and they're like, Oh, like I can do that. Like I heard, um, Jeanette McCurdy had that book that came out talking about her mom. And it was very, very similar to my situation where her mom was kind of the overseeing power of her career Mm -hmm. and guiding her down like the wrong way of doing it. Um, and she even did the same thing where she's like, I stepped away from acting for like two years because that was what held the power mm-hmm. and she, that's how she got it back herself. And I would hear her interviews and I'm like, man, that's helping me get through it because I can relate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that even if things are tough to talk about, it might help someone else who's stuck still. Right. Well, vulnerability is strength. Mm-hmm. And some people don't, don't understand that, you yeah. know, or we're better at shaming. Yeah, right? for sure. And it's, it's the worst thing that we can do to, to each other, but we're social creatures, mm-hmm. you know, and by you seeing that you were deprived from that mm-hmm. at an early age, a lot of children struggle, you right. know, like later on in life mm-hmm. and how to process and how to express what they're feeling. Yeah. And it's just admirable to hear that you were able to just pivot through all of that. Thank you. I you appreciate know, like, that. Thank no, I mean, but it's the truth. You know, like we should be seen. And I mean, you, you seem fairly young, you know, <laughs> and a lot of I'm so big on youth. You know, a lot of our youth are struggling because they have a lot of, you know, verbal abuse at home yeah. and, you know, shaming and breaking down, mm-hmm. you know, that our kids don't know how to navigate through that. Yeah. Kids need love. They need both their parents there. They need them to be supportive and have kind words. And obviously yeah. you need discipline when it's called for. But yeah. I think that if you uplift your kids and want them to do better than you did. Mm-hmm. then you're setting them up for success yeah i mean suicide rates are so high it's mm-hmm. sometimes some of these kids think you know that oh go away if i just don't exist mm-hmm. versus there are other options 100%. you know like it might you know be hard at first but it's not permanent right you know you have the ability to dictate you Definitely. know and hop into that driver's seat and and drive mm-hmm. you know like you really are behind that wheel and only you can kind of navigate to where you want to go. And, right. and clearly you're seeing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I saw it in there. When I first time I saw you at Zelda's, um, I think uh, 
I had just stopped by. Shout out to Joseph, by the way. Um, they're Karen, awesome. They're so awesome. They're awesome. Um, but uh, the first time I saw you, I think I was there f- for like a few minutes, and I, f- I didn't get to see your whole show. But mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, you were there. Yeah. I got to sit in on your whole show, and let me tell you, it was amazing. Thank you. I loved the, when you did the uh, Dolly Parton Whitney <laughs> Houston song. <laughs> like you. That blew me away, honestly. Like that I, I did, Like, that song is a hard song to do. Thank you. Yeah, I love uh, that song. It's body, a beautiful body, song. What's the name? Uh, I will always love you. I will you. always love you. She killed it. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, wow. Anybody that can do Whitney is like amazing. Thank you. Like, it's hard to do Whitney. You know, they wouldn't yeah. let me do that. I was on The Voice, and they wouldn't let me put that down as one of my options for the live shows because they said nobody can sing it like Whitney. So you're just going to be compared. Get out of here. And I've seen I, some some, some yeah. people who stun on them, but and but they just they have don't that. Pay for that clearance. There's a clearance. The clearance. Yeah, sure. Clearance. Yeah. Yeah, because I wanted to do like Led like, Zeppelin. They're like Led Zeppelin doesn't let you do their songs. Look. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. what I'm thinking. That cheese right there. <laughs> Mariah wants her cut for sure. Mm-hmm. She wrote it. Right. And yeah, Mariah's, Whitney's, yeah. yeah. So so speaking of the voice, mm-hmm. um, how how was that experience like? It was fun. It's it's definitely a longer process and kind of system than people realize. I think people see it and they're like, Oh, I just went on the show and they turn their chairs and then it goes like that. But it's it's not. You do like three or four auditions before you even get to the audition mm-hmm. that you see on TV. Um, you so know, how, how did that come about? You, I mean, did you just say, you know, I'm just going to go yeah. for it? I saw um, there was like an open casting call and it was like kind of the thing of like, well, what have I got to lose? Like, right. I'm just going to try. It's the open call. Like 50,000 people go to these. Like, it's not like what, what could happen? Mm. And I went and you get like a red ticket that says you made it to your callback. And I got one and I was like, oh. All right, cool. But I, I remember I kept mine hidden because, like, everyone was walking down, everyone was cheering and stuff, and I was like, I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Like, I just want to keep it to myself. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I walked down, and I showed my fiancé, and he was like, let's go. It's great. And then the next day, back for a callback, um, did, like, an interview, and then the producers sit with it for, like, weeks, and they're like, we'll call you in two weeks. And I think I didn't get a call for, like, three weeks, and I was like, oh, I didn't make it. All right, mm-hmm. whatever. And then you come back and you do another audition for the producers. And then you finally get to your blind auditions. But it's definitely like a producer-controlled show. What do you think mm-hmm. they're oh, looking yeah. for to see if the kid can handle it? If, or they're going to crack? Or What do you think they're... Because cool, obviously these people can sing or else they would have never made yeah. it to the, the first Well, I don't know right? about the first audition. <laughs> like, right? Well, because well, some of them, like, we were at... Because you see American Idol and they're very big on showing the good and the bad right. mm-hmm. in between it. That's what the voice audition really is. Like, you hear all those people who can sing great and not so great. And then they kind of weave through, I think, the preliminary of everybody who just wants to try it. Yeah. And then they take the people who can sing and then they go... Because like, I know, like, one of the first questions they ask is, well, what do you do? What's mm. your background? Mm. And they want to show, like, they're producers. They're making a, a mm. show. They're not just making singers. So right. they want a good story, which has kind of my, been my quarrel with competition shows since the beginning because I feel like you should judge it on the talent, not the story. Right. But it is. I mean, there was a girl who got cut because her story was the same as another girl, and they kept the other girl on. What? Yeah. Um, no, and, and that's true, and, and it's a spoiler alert because I've been on that side of the fence. Mm-hmm. It's never about the talent. No. It's about the story and how great is this episode going to be. Yeah. It's not about. I, I guarantee you, there's so many great, talented people that went to those auditions yeah. that never even made it past yeah. the first round because it's all about the story. It's about the look. It's it's all that. It's a package. It's a package mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had friends who have auditioned and they didn't get through, and it was not a lack of talent by any means because there are some talented people. I think it's just a combination of, oh, we had someone like this last season or 
this person's good, but their story doesn't line up. And this guy is just as good, but he's got a better story. And exactly. he's got a whole look to him. He's kind of weird or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I came from a family of musicians and I, at the time I didn't know Nick Jonas was on the, as a coach, but Nick Jonas is a family of musicians. Mm-hmm. And then I did like the MMA side. And so that was like, we never had a girl who does MMA stuff like that. So I think like just the story was interesting to them. Um, the fact that I was able to sing and then it is kind of interesting though. It yeah. is. It, it was is. fun. <laughs> for I'm, sure. That's why I'm quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, don't touch the mic. But so, so being a um, singer songwriter, cause you, you do uh, pop, you do R and B, but your, your main thing is country. Yeah. So <laughs> when you was on team Blake, like how did, how was that like? That was exciting. That was exciting. Well, it was fun. It was not, so I, it wasn't the song I wanted to do for my audition. So I was already a little bummed about it because I was like, this is not representing what I would want to represent myself as. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I hope somebody will turn. I'll have a chance. Hopefully Blake or Nick. Those are the two guys that I wanted to work with. And luckily those are the guys who turned around, um, except Blake blocked Nick. So I didn't have the chance to make my decision. But I, I would have picked Blake anyway in that moment just because I felt like, one, it was the best spot for me on the show mm-hmm. to be in because I knew he'd understand the country, country rock. Mm-hmm. And then also outside of it, whatever opportunities do come from the show, it's nice to work with someone who's already on that mm-hmm. genre of music. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, would I mean, it, it, was, it was a win-win. I mean, you working with Blake, just yeah. the knowledge and that he was going to get from that, the takeaway was amazing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a good time. But you don't spend as much time with them as you think. Right, yeah. Like, I, we got 40-minute sessions for each round. And that's the extent of the time we spent with the coach. Oh, wow. And then it's the producers, and they have vocal coaches and people behind the scenes that you work with mm-hmm. um, to polish up your things. Did um, you learn anything from their coaches? Because obviously they've got a different caliber. Of, yeah, like, for sure. The vocal like, coaches help me a lot. Yeah, They they help me with, like, just changing up some things because I'm very much a creature of habit. Like, if I find something I like, I'll stick with it, right. even vocally. And so they help me break up some, some parts. Um and that was fun. But what I learned, I, or I feel like I gained the most from, was the mentors that they brought on for the actual show. Because mm-hmm. we had, um, for Team Blake, we had BB Rexa, which was, she was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. It was cool to be in her, and she was really cool. But then for me, um, they do a thing called, it's like, I forget what they call it, but it's like the main mentor for all the teams mm-hmm. on the later round. And it was James Taylor. And I was like, mm. I lost it. And I lost it even more because nobody knew who he was. Except about for James team. Taylor, Tim, James, James Trump? Taylor, like oh, the James man. Taylor. Nobody knew him. And I was sitting there. I was like, you guys don't, what are you doing you here? Just call right. Yeah. Name, right? That's like, all. You're not a true musician. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And like only team Blake and a handful of other people were like freaking out about it. And I went in and I'm like so excited to see him. Cause like growing up, I listened to his music. I listened to his writing and I love his style and he's this old frail man just sitting there, mm-hmm. but he's James Taylor. And I was like, "Can I hug you?" <laughs> like, because I'm like, I'm not gonna get to hug James Taylor again, maybe. So, right. um, and I, when the cameras were off, like after our session, I had asked him, like, "What advice do you have for a writer?" And he sat there and he thought, and he gave me some advice, and we were talking about it, and I was like, "Dude, I just got advice from James Taylor." And I started to share with us. That's yeah, priceless. no, yeah, he he pretty much said, "When you're writing a song, steal." And I was like what and he's like just take a song you love 
and then start changing the chords and then start changing the melody and then start changing the lyrics and change it up until it's something completely new. And he said that he even did that with a Beatles song once. Like he stole a Beatles song and nobody would know it was a Beatles song because he completely made it James Taylor. And I started doing that and like the amount of songs that unlocked just for, even if they weren't songs I used, it unlocked a different way of writing. Have right. you heard a book called Still Like an Artist by Austin Kleon? No, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's just this little tiny book, and it's like cartoonish, and it's basically giving you permission to do exactly that, mm. which yeah. is that nothing underneath the sun is new, and everything that exists is an adaptation of something else. Yeah. So still well, like an I, I got to read that. Yeah, it's really cool. I learned that um, my um, TV executive, he's a big brother mentor to me, he mm. actually taught me that. Yeah. He said, Mike, anytime we do something, he says, Go look at other people's stuff that that's relatable to ours, mm-hmm. and then take that but make it yours. Yeah, yeah. Because I always, because I'm a, I'm a, I have a graphic design background, mm-hmm. so I'm an artist and a creator by heart. Right. Right. But he he taught me that. He said, Mike, whatever you're doing, just go look at other people's stuff that's doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Not just make it yours. Yeah. Because I always tried to just do it my way. He's like, No, go look at what's out there that's popular or whatever, and that's how you make it yours. So it's true. Yeah, you can't get stuck trying to be someone else. Right. You gotta like, because I feel like you try to be too individual sometimes, and you're like, I gotta yeah. be the newest thing, the next yeah. fresh, whatever. And then like you look at what's working, and it's all the same stuff. You turn on the radio, it's all the same music playing over and over. And there's differences, there's different voices, different like words used, but the style is it's very still the same. Yeah, so if you're just kind of follow what's working for you and what you like and you're passionate about, it makes you kind of go down different paths that you didn't even think. Of like originally, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I utilize that in sales, in like sales, or even in public relations. I always tell people sit on the opposites on the opposite side, right? Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, what would attract me to that? Mm-hmm. And that's almost similar yeah. to what he's saying: is find things that you love, right, mm-hmm. and then make it your own. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Even when you're selling something, ask yourself, how what would make you buy that? Mm-hmm. And it's going to sell. Clearly, you're there to buy, right? Yeah. And that's what people do. And if you really utilize that, even in customer service or whenever you public speak, you know, you're going to deliver something that you would listen to. Yeah. You know, not something that you're just coming out and, you know what I mean? It's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, that that really sucked kind of deal. But you really don't have to break your head, Mm -mm. you know, and that's kind of like what he was saying. Take Mm -hmm. music. I mean, even with the Wu-Tang, I really like um, their show because it really shows how Bobby broke down the music. That's really what he did, you know, and it's actually really neat how they take you into his mind, you know, and he has the different bands and the different instruments, you know, like in the different styles. And then he like really creates all of this, you know, and I think that that's why he's so amazing. I mean, even my son, he's 16 years old. We actually got to see Wu-Tang, but it was because of that, you know, because it really took us and like we dove into all of that, mm. you know, like old classic music. You don't have to rebuild it. You just have to really make it your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Are you into music too, Diane? Oh, yeah. I love music. My daughter's oh, name's Melody. Head. I, I didn't know she was into Wu-Tang. Oh. Like, you thought, hey, you thought she was a church girl no, too. No, I just I heard it. As soon as she said it, Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. That's what I heard in my head. As soon as she said it, I was like, what? 
Hey. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it's funny because my son does like grave diggers too, and yeah. you know uh, my husband's really into like political thing, like dead prez. Yeah. So I was like pregnant with my son, and I'm at the dead prez concert. You know, <laughs> that's why they like that music. They're listening to it in the right. room. Yeah. I mean, we did too short when I was pregnant with my daughter, and mm. it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. it's funny because he says if you're a female, and you know, of course you're gonna curse if you got a coochie and you broke. There's something wrong with you. Oh you do something wrong. And I always what's I wrong said, with me? You know, <laughs> no, no, we did a lot of music. I mean, right before you guys came in, we were, you know, like uh, we kind of brought up an artist like. Um, DJ Mustard and like oh, yeah. a YG. I actually like artists when they're raw, you know, mm. like RJ. You know, we, we listen to a lot of, you know, like hip hop and rap, but I, that's what I love, you know, like really seeing where they're coming from, their story, because everyone has a story yeah. to tell, yeah, you sure. know, and that's what you're going to get attracted to. And sidebar, how do you feel about mumble rap? Who rap? A uh, mumble. Mumble, would it be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I mean, Twist is more no, my, no, my genre. Twista, Twista, I mean, Twista, <laughs> Busta Rhymes. No, no, that's not even mumble rap. That's no. just fast. Twista was not mumble rap. He no. was eloquent. No, I'm talking about this, she's talking about this new school rap. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my son's more into all that stuff, and it's funny because I laugh, and I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> but you know, you know what? Because so I, I grew up in music. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in music for maybe four years before I went over to TV. Um, so music, I do have a heart, uh, a heart into music because, um, like, I do. I grew up with DJ Quick and AMG and them. So um, music is always going to be my first love, and music is should be everybody's first love, really. Yeah. But um, I'm old school West Coast, so you know this new school. Like I, I, I can't understand what they're saying, <laughs> but I don't knock it because it's the new thing. It's like when our parents, when we first, like in the '90s, you know, when we was doing that, you know, gangster rap. Like right. our parents, were like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but it was a new thing. Right. Yeah. So like I don't I don't knock what they're doing. I just don't understand it. I yeah. like I like some of the some of it. I just feel like I am not a fan of how vulgar mm. music's become. Mm-hmm. Like I am much more of a modest person. I try to be more respectful and not yeah, not that person who's mm-hmm. all into that. But I hear like there's music I love and even with the mumbling, I mean I'm not I don't like mumbling because I like to understand what they're saying in right. the lyrics. Yeah. Like that's what I connect to is lyrics. Mm. Um like I'll say I'm old because I even called it mumble rap. There's like that's not what it's called. That's not what it's called. <laughs> all right, and I'm like, come again. <laughs> they call me auntie No, but you know like that. Golly. No, you know and and I, I, I agree with you, Joey, um that like even though I came from the the hip hop gangster era, but the message like Ice Cube and it was really putting out mm. was like a true message yeah, it wasn't exactly. like the message that these people are like you know saying now and it's like you don't even live that life you just sound to sell right. records and that's the thing mm. they're trying yeah. to sound hard and trying to sound like right. all about it but the thing the problem is that a lot of the people who are singing this music are actually doing that stuff in real life yeah. like that right. is their I life okay it, Mike, yeah. they can like, mm, they get in you know they can get with it as they say uh <laughs> all the time you know what i mean like all the time they be at the waffle house they get in toe tag <laughs> yeah um yeah for real because but, but a lot of them a lot of they're them living don't. that dangerous lifestyle mm-hmm. it's coming out and they're glamorizing it yeah it's becoming lifelike mm-hmm. even more than ice cube because even ice cube was he would still kind of keep it playful 
and and keep it localized. Mm-hmm. But these people are kind of getting too specific. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's way too specific. They're telling on themselves too. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Right. Some of them like, no, like right the now. whole so YSG thing or YSL. One of them is in court right now. Yeah, because and, and they talking. Is, is the he young? Yeah, young thug. And he said because of the interview that they did or a video they did, he told on himself. Don't come for me, guys. I'm good. I'm straight. You know, say we straight. I hear them say things and I'm like, should you be? Right. Putting that out there because that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, it's stupid. Like again, it's stupid. It's but they are passing laws so they can say what they want to say without yeah. having that come back, which is mm. kind of awkward. So yeah, let me, I mean, let me bring this right back to you, Joy. What okay. is your message and what's your music? What's what's it trying to tell these people? Um, I think for me, the stuff I've been writing like more recently is more just coming from my own personal life. I, I worked with someone a while ago and they were kind of making fun of me and they're like, you know, you actually need to go through something like your life needs to get hard for you to write good music. And I was like, hmm. what? And honestly, I don't believe that. Cause I believe you can have natural abilities, but I do understand that you write different about a topic when you've been through it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the other young lady's name? Um, she's always got a boyfriend. She just wrote Taylor Swift. Swift. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't even have to say very much. And she would just say where she writes about all her boyfriends and you're like, Oh, I feel sometimes she makes me feel sad for her. Yeah. Not mm. because she doesn't have a man. That's not even the thing. It's mm. the thing is because what she's singing is so seem like it's so close to home. Yeah. That's almost like like too revealing. Yeah. And she like it's too real. Like it's it's sometimes it opens her up to mm. that world and I don't really think that's really her world. I think she no. probably has loving friends and family and people <laughs> around her probably support her. But from her music you would kind of feel like she's has a lack of something. If, if that makes sense, you know? But I think, too, there's, like, there also needs to be, to be that authenticity in it as well. Because when you hear the story of, like, how she kind of came big, she was always kind of well-off, had mm. never struggled for much herself, which is not a problem. That's great. It's right, great right. to have that. But she kind of had her way paved for her, and she had writers coming in working with her. So she had other people who are working on these songs. It's not just her. Mm. And so... When you have a kid who's 16 singing about all this heartbreak and all this stuff, it's like, well, have you really been through that much? And I think that that is important, too. you got to have authenticity because if I've been writing about something I've never been through, I'm not going to know the words or the way to put those feelings in right, the words. You, you can't fake that. No. It's like the the Billie Eilish, the Lady, uh, Lady Gaga's and them. Like, their songs are so powerful mm-hmm. and real. Like, you can feel their pain. Yeah. For sure. Like, and, and that's why I kind of love like when people do tell they're authentic and they tell their stories because mm-hmm. I can feel what they're going through. What right. about that new Miley Cyrus song where she's like, um, you, you don't have to buy my flowers. I buy flower. <laughs> and I was just like, now, at first I was like, why are you saying that? Then I was like, you know what? That's freaking true as yeah. heck. Because mm-hmm. I love, you know, that song by Bruno Mars, um, if I could buy you flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's what I guess her ex-husband had dedicated to her or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And then so now she came back like, I don't need you to. I'm gonna go to the store and get my own. Oh, is that that song <laughs> where she said, "I hold my own hand"? Yeah, I, yeah. You know what's funny about that? I was what? actually thinking about he that. Said, oh, no, no, no. This mic. is true. Like, who the hell wants to go down the street holding her own damn hand? Nobody. <laughs> so why are you saying packed. that? Yeah, Don't nobody want to hold their own hand. She meant. She just meant. Like, <laughs> it's symbolic. <laughs> now, 
But you have people on TikTok mm-hmm. now saying, yeah, I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I, but I, I will have to flowers because that's literal. And I, I walked by some tulips today I was going to buy for myself. But I was like, nah, they're going to get I old like in the flowers. car. Everybody like flowers. But I'm definitely buying my own flowers. But what it mean more someone just mm-hmm. out of the blue gave it to yeah. you just mm-hmm. because. Not because of your birthday or just because. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, as young ladies, we're kind of taught that Cinderella story mm-hmm. at, out the gate. So we're kind of always looking for that if it's like the ultimate thing and it almost like it validates you as a chick as a woman like oh you're good enough to be loved on like mm-hmm. this specific way where somebody does these specific actions and now you're you're qualified so to speak like i, I was watching this other little film the other day and the guy the uncle he says make sure you leave the glass slipper and i was like are you are you freaking serious right now like basically he's telling the lady, like, make sure you leave something so he can come and find you or, you know, yeah. track you down and all that. And I was just like, dude, that's so antiquated. But like, what's gosh. wrong? See, I'm on the flip side of that. You're on the flip side I'm of that? I have to be on the flip you side of that. You said I left my glass slipper? You, you know what it, I'm baby? saying? Hey, but you have to say what you want in return. Mm-hmm. You know, as a woman, you have to dictate it. And it's funny because... Although I'm not the biggest fan of Charlemagne the God, however, these uh, certain topics that they had, they were just talking about that. There was a gentleman that he's African descent, right? And um, they were criticizing him because um, he goes, as a man, you know, we're supposed to do that. And now when women are doing too much, it's almost like they're men. You know, they're not attractive to an extent. But it's it's very interesting that they do bring it out because I think society is teaching women to not allow themselves to be loved. You know what I mean? And it's not even from a controlling perspective, but it's a valuing. And I think that we should be allowing ourselves to have that romance, to have that guidance. But as a woman, you're still going to dictate what you want and your value. I think, you know what I mean? I mean, I I hear that statement, but I also hear that sounds like the person who doesn't understand that basically what you're telling a a woman to do is to sit down and wait, sit Mm. down and wait for me to come in and do something for you. Sit down. And women are not doing no sitting down and wait. First of all, we're living, we're in school, we're educating ourselves and don't be mad at, a, a young person or any person for going to make themselves prepared in the world. Now meet them where they are, and and specific, particularly for people like I, I don't I didn't hear that conversation specifically from Charlemagne God, but I know that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're it's really talking about a certain level of men who did not go and do those mm-hmm. things, right. so mm-hmm. they're not on the level to really uh, um. um to, to, to be on that level. They can't handle that woman. Now, that's a completely different thing from, you know, I want somebody to come and value me and cherish me and treat me good. And, and I, yeah. you know, and I receive all those love and all that love that way. But see, here, 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 and this is from a, my perspective, because I'm the only man in the room here. Here we go. But no, because we talked about this a few yeah. shows ago. Remember, yeah. I said that nowadays with this mental health, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I can speak on this from experience. So, and I'm only going to speak on this experience. I was, I was trying, trying to date this one woman about two years ago and, um, it didn't work out, but she went off into this whole, I don't need nobody. You know, mm-hmm. I can do things by myself. I can hold my hand. And I followed her mm-hmm. for six months and she literally was just putting out on social media, like, I don't need nobody. I'm, you know, this whole self-love thing. And I get the whole self-love. I get, you know, women being powerful right. nowadays. But I think some women, certain women, they they it's not, they don't know how to balance it out. Like, mm-hmm. they take it too, too, ex- right. too extreme. Okay. And it's like, okay, now you're saying you just want to be by yourself, you know. But I, and it's like, you're not 
God didn't put you on this world to be by yourself. It's mm-hmm. 8 billion people in the world. Like, you're not supposed to be by yourself. Right, but a lot of the time, they're also putting out the content. Like, look at what I'm doing. If you don't want people to look, then why are you putting it out? Yeah. If you're really that independent, you really don't need nobody. See, right? I fall like, kind of, like, in the middle, because I do believe in, like, women are strong. We can do things right. the way we want. We can have success in business and all stuff. But I do believe that there are roles that we play in a relationship. Right. And I feel like there's a mutual respect you have mm-hmm. to have for each other. And it's Correct. not... Oh, you do this because that's your gender role, or you do this because no. that's your role as a as the wife, or as the husband, as the man, as the woman. I don't think it's that. I think it's a mutual love and Correct. respect for each mm-hmm. other, and you want to do things for someone you love. Like mm-hmm. I want to make dinner for my fiance, right. and he wants to do the same for me. He'll right. he buys me flowers because he wants to. I do things for him because I mm-hmm. want to, and I think that women have gone a little too far into the feminism side mm-hmm. to where. They get mad if someone, if a guy's doing something for them, like opening the door for them. I've seen women be like, why? I can do that myself. Oh, God. And it's like, well, no, it's Mm -hmm. about, he's respecting you. These long nails, Mm -hmm. lady. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's like, I would do that for a guy or a girl. It's not Mm -hmm. about who you are. It's the respect of, here, you're you're coming. I'll hold the door for you. But, you know, it's also, on the flip side of that point, I actually had my ex-wife, like, I used to rub her feet every night, right? And I I always. I said, oh, my what? <laughs> I got skills. I got skills. All I want to know is, are we turning this to the was he dry rubbing? First of all, was it after work? a long day okay. of work? <laughs> See, y'all turning this into the one life podcast at night. I have a special lotion. I'm sorry, I have a special yeah, I lotion. lotion. I know. I know. That's just a whole nother episode. <laughs> but listen, so I used to rub her feet every night, right? But and, and I always told her, look, I like doing things because I want to. Mm-hmm. And it was because it was a one night that I didn't do it and she got mad. She's like, she threw her feet on me. She's like, rub my feet. And I was like, you can't expect it. Right. When you expect it from a man's point of view, when you expect it now and now it becomes a job to me, Mm -hmm. it's a turn off. Now I don't want to do it. Was she being playful, though? No, hell no. She was she serious. Was fuck. Oh, she was serious. Oh. See, you got to do things without expectation. Exactly. Right. Because, like, I don't do something for my fiance because I want to thank you or I want him to do something for me. Mm-hmm. I do it because I'm like, this is going to help you and I care about helping you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to make your job a little bit easier, whatever exactly. you're doing. Yeah. Um, and he does the same thing for me. If I'm struggling on something, he picks up the slack for me because he loves me. He's not expecting me to mm-hmm. be like, oh, thank you. Let me do this for you in return. It's right. like, like you, if you expect something in return, that's going to kill your relationship. It is. And, and I had another girl that always wanted me to open a door for her. And I'm like, I don't mind doing that. But now, now that I have to do it, like, don't get mad if I forget. Like I was literally in my garage. We pulled <laughs> into my garage. I got out the car and I, and I opened the, the garage door to the house open and she was still sitting in the car. So I walked around I was like, what are you waiting for? She was like, open the door. And I'm like, really? <laughs> inside like the garage I'm sorry I like I like I like the door opening thing I okay just, but I just like but it. for her to expect that. it like that that was a turn off to me I don't know about the word expect the expect is kind of a hard for word. someone look yeah. I was it's, standing at the house door and she was still sitting in the car like this like what are you waiting on well I think there's like, there's commanding respect in certain situations and expect and expecting a certain level of how mm-hmm. you act I think there's also understanding that like there's situations in life. It's not going to happen every single time. Right. Like, right. We may be in a rush. I'm not going to sit here. If I got to get inside in five minutes, like I'll open my door and get out. Right. But when I'm getting in the car and my man opens the door for me, it's like, I appreciate it. And, and he I does do. it often, but it's like to expect it every single time, knowing that there are circumstances that will come up. Right. I think is a little different. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. What about the gas station? So you, you roll up to the gas station. I'm driving. I'm driving. Let's say it's my car. I'm driving. 
He's in passenger. Oh, I'm, I'm, I already know where you're going with this. I'm always pumping the gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. but what is, And I hate seeing a guy. Feel, okay. I hate seeing a guy in the passenger seat while the girl gets out and pump the gas. Okay. And he's doing this. Too. Hold I up, hold up, hold on. Wait, I'm going to say one thing now because I agree. Like, if I'm, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, oh, I see something. I'm like, oh, that guy's not doing anything. Like, the girl's doing whatever. And then I think about it. I'm like, dude, my fiance was just in a fight. Sometimes he can't walk after well, a fight. Yeah, he can't, and he looks right. fine. He looks good, but he's beating up someone's legs, and his legs—he's limping. He's, I'm like, you sit. I'll take care of it because right. you're not in right. a position to do it right now. He right. gets a pass. He yeah, gets a pass. Gets a pass. So okay. it's like I think there are situations. About the, we're talking about the dude who's no, swiping. I know, but he may be sitting on his phone <laughs> he's while he's waiting. But the thing is, it's like it's people are so you quick don't to know. judge right. off yeah. of a scenario, and they don't know if the dude's like sick if he's not feeling good. And she's right. like, look, I got it. Don't worry about it. And right. if he normally nine times out of ten, he's the one who gets out and yeah. does it. Yeah, but you're, you're just no, seeing that one time. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess because yeah, I do. Okay, that. so I, that's. I'm just saying, we all got our own thing. Yeah. I think you have to. I think you got to set the tone mm-hmm. at the beginning of the relationship. Don't start doing stuff weird in between. So if you picked up that chick and she's that type of lady, and you know she got pretty nails and she doesn't open up doors, but she's dressed bomb, and you know that's how you that's how you rock with her, treat her as such. But then mm-hmm. if she's like you know a little tomboyish and she never expected that, then if what works for Look, you, works I, for you. Yeah, I'm older now. Yeah, and um. I let everything be known because I'm, I'm in a dating period right now. I let everything be known up front what, what I am going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it, but don't expect it. <laughs> well, you got, I think I'm you very got clear on that. You got to have those conversations no. with oh, yeah, someone you do. at the Ladies beginning. Note, that's what Mike says. Yeah. He's going to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, but don't, don't expect, expect it. Don't expect it, for real, 100%. And that's how you win. That's going to be go. a promo for this, this episode. <laughs> now he did it. Don't expect Mike, Mike to do anything. Hey, yeah. no, I'm be 52 next week. I don't, I tell you about Happy I birthday. Thank you. I don't have time for, for BS. Are we mm-hmm. having a birthday party? Don't. Yeah, no. we are. We're going to no, do we're some. Not. He says no, we're, we're not, not, but we are. <laughs> Make sure I'm invited. Mm-hmm. I have your social media. You got my telephone number. Shane. Okay. Oh, yeah. Me. <laughs> Listen, this is not about me. This is a show about Joey. Yeah. Now we talking about my birthday. Joey might be showing up to the birthday party. <laughs> she know. might be singing the way. We'll walk in, saying happy birthday. Happy Where's out. the cake at? All hey, together. And she can sing happy birthday because I've seen her do it twice as others. Yeah, that's hey. true. <laughs> Dude, there have been times I've had to sing happy birthday four or five times in a row, and I was sitting there like, I'm just going to do a collective one next time. There's this many Hey, birthdays. but you know what? That night that you did it, uh, what the guy named was T, and you was like, what's your name? What's your? Like, you was having fun with him. Like, it was hilarious. People get, he gave me like three different names. I was like, you're going to have to be smart. And then some girl, it was like Allison or something. I was like, see, that's easy. Right. Allison, I can hear that. That was easy. He was giving me three different names. I was like, which name do you want me to call you for the birthday right. song? Preferably two syllables, because that works best for the happy birthday song. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> no, you know what? That it, that just shows how your energy and how your shows are. Because for you to even do that, like I, I enjoyed that little moment. Like uh, it was fun. Cute. Yeah, you gotta have fun. I think yeah. if you're there and someone's just playing in there in the corner, it's like, where's the? F- There's no interaction. You don't connect yeah. to them. And if you're up there, like I found, like just talking to people, being mm. less like having a set thing of what I'm gonna say. Because I've had that where I've been on stage and you're like, oh, at this point you're gonna say this, and at the, before this song you're gonna say this. You only have an hour, so you got to fit this, 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 and that into it. Mm. And it's like you just have a script, and it's kind of like going back to the authenticity thing. It's not authentic. Right. But if you're on stage, I do like anywhere from two to four hours for my shows. And if you're talking to people and you're making jokes or you're calling mm. someone out or you're 
playing on they have a birthday party sing to them it makes people just kind of enjoy the show more they're having more fun and then yeah. uh, from a business standpoint they're more likely to come back to your show because they had mm-hmm. fun and they right. liked interacting with you they liked having fun with you no and because you you call you call you called me out I'm like she, she was you are yeah i did call you out I she forgot. called me out she was playing and she stopped she's like hey you're the guy with the pocket yeah i was sitting there and like he walked in and i'm like why do i know this person i know him but where? And I'm terrible. I'm not good with names. I'm not good at my memory sucks because there's too many song lyrics up here. And so I'll be sitting there and I'm like, okay, I know you. And for like the first set, I couldn't put it to it. And then he turned and I saw his hat and I was like, I'm doing a podcast with him. Mm. What? And I was like about to start song. I was like, I'm sorry. It's nice to see you. Thanks for coming down. But I was like, I feel so bad. But I just clicked for me. So no, no it's great. I, and you do, you interact with everybody. And I love that Thank about you. your whole show. Like it was authentic, it was real. I mean, I, I had, a, and guess what? Guess what? I, <laughs> no, because because I because you always talk about that. I dated myself that night. I went along with nobody. Good for and you. I, not you bought some flowers myself. that night. Bomb, yes, right? I did. You can eat whatever you want, and it's what you wanted, mm-hmm. not what the other person may have. But wanted. you know what? The, the night didn't end well. Mm. Did they make their drinks mm. too strong? No. Um, I, I was about to make a sex joke, but no. This is one life after dark. That's guys. my cue, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was by myself, but no, I, I enjoyed the night there by myself. She had a great show. I enjoyed being there by myself. But you also got a really nice, like, coconut dinner. I know, because we, we talked about that. It was, it was, oh, uh, no, it was okay, the, uh, talking about. Yeah, the, it's the, the shrimp the cocktail. Yeah, I've seen it. Zelda's ingredients is just, like, I don't know what yeah. the heck. I'm like, who thought of that? The coconut half? I mean, I think it's Karen, one of the owners. She's a chef. No, she, her and her husband was in Cancun yeah, and they seen it they seen it in there. Cancun and they brought it back like, here that's how they serve it that's yeah. what actually when I had it for New Year's yeah. I was like I told my husband I was like do you remember we got this like in Cancun and then I told I asked them they're like that's actually what inspired yeah. it so yeah. it was so good and their beef Wellington shout out they to Blake that. and Karen okay. I know yeah. 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 yeah their presentation on everything from the drinks to the food is just top yeah. notch it's right. insane like when they brought it like, I didn't even want to touch it I know. Right. I, I said, you took a picture of it. I was like, I'd be doing the same thing. Right. Can't and I never me. take pictures of my food. <laughs> well, like, this is amazing. I did. <laughs> no, but you were talking about the organization of your of your events and being spontaneous and being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those chapters in the story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like those markers is like the outline. Yeah. So, you know, my intro and then, you yeah. know, I, I, and I'll collectively kind of bulk up those birthdays like into a, a group yeah. because they will have you birthdaying out. And sporadic <laughs> yeah. So I kind of like the hat, the first half of the night, I'll get those birthdays in mm-hmm. and then the, the next group that comes in, I'll get those and stuff like that. Yeah. But those are, those are the markers like halfway through. Yeah. I might be like, Hey, let me announce my times mm-hmm. da, 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 and any yeah. other announcements. And then, and, and when people come to the room, thank you for joining us. Oh, so shout outs for two people. Mm-hmm. So that makes it more like individual yeah. days. You well, know see, I don't do it. Like I'll, I have like an outline. But it's very rough. Yeah. And like, I always start by saying the exact same thing every show. Like, hey, I'm Joey. If you guys have a request, let me know. If we know it, we'll give it a go. If not, we'll try something in the same ballpark and do that. Because I don't follow a set list. If you know it, give it a go. Yeah. I like that. So what what I'll do is I'll start like that. And then I always start like pretty easy, kind of warm people up to there being a new kind of music in their ear. And then sometimes I'll get requests and I'll find where how I can lead up to that in a building way. Um, and then I'll have moments, like if I see birthdays, I'll probably ask 
at some point in the middle with like what they're doing. And then towards the end is when I'm like, all right, let's do some sing-alongs. Let's everyone's been having a good time. I can kind of gauge if that audience is going to want to sing along and have mm-hmm. more. We've incorporated a sing along in, in our sessions. It is so fun. It's fun. I right? love that. Actually. It's great. Yeah. And uh, my fiance is always like sing along. It sounds like you're sitting by a campfire. I'm like, no, I'm talking about like, um, American Pie or What's yeah. Up or Hotel California. Like, these are not, yeah. like, sing-songy yeah. ones, but... My friend Rachel, she likes uh, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. They love that one. <laughs> That's a good one. And everybody gets to get in there and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Dodgers. I'm a huge yeah, Dodger Dodgers. fan. I'm sports or tequila. Fanatic. What's the other song? Tequila. The tequila song. That's not a song. Yes, yes you get oh, one yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm one doing. word. You can't mess it up. And then everybody tequila. goes, tequila. Then you got Sweet Caroline, and that's like, mm, that's yes. the one. Yes, that's definitely top five, top mm. five sing-alongs. So um, what do you like better, performing on a stage or actually songwriting? A stage. Stage? Yeah, I find it, like, for me to write, I either have to be in the mood to write, like, in the zone for it, mm. or, like, my writing is very sporadic when I get, like, bursts of being excited about mm. it. Um, but like being on stage, I feel like comfortable and I, it's fun because as like an artist, I get to try different ways of singing something and try, see how people react to a different way of doing things. And then also try to use my voice or like move the song in a way that makes people feel emotion. Mm. You did a song, um, that it was two songs put together. I want to say it was Sam Smith and somebody else. Oh no, it it was, um, Ed Sheeran, thinking Ed Sheeran, out loud yeah, into yeah, thinking Marvin out Gaye's yes. uh, Let's Get It On. That was, can I say what? fucking amazing? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's the look I had, too. Because <laughs> when she was singing it, I was like, wait, did she just mix Marvin Gaye with Sam Smith? And it was incredible. <laughs> Sam Smith. It was, it was Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Same difference. I mean, I was like, wow, she really did. And it, she you know, killed it. You could drop mic. You can't, you're going to beat, so you, she could not. <laughs> well, it's just, it's the same mic. chords, the same right. chord progression. And so... At the end, it's kind of the same vibe, and the tempo is the same, so it was, it's easy to just kind of go into it. You can't give me no sample for that? I got it. I mean, um, I can't even. I can't even. I'm trying to. Okay. I'm trying to think of how the chorus goes. It's like, go, so it'll go like, maybe we found love right where we are. I've been really trying, baby. Trying to hold back this feeling for so long. And then you kind of do like the little section in the Marvin Gaye. And then he goes, Let, let's get it on. So, baby, now take me into your loving arms. And go back right into it. Bravo. And just kind of make it kind of flow. And that, that's fun, too, live. It's like trying different things that'll go into. That's so, dope. I'm sorry. Yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> Dang, so you it. said tonight you're going to be Yeah, I am. Oh, you yeah. got to go catch one of our shows. Well, I was tonight telling my husband tonight that I, I, I'm like, you know, before I left, um, I was, well, I was telling Mike, he's been working mm-hmm. nonstop and he took today and tomorrow off. And before I left, I said, I would really love to have a, um, you know, a date night. So we've been, it'll be 17 years this year. Aww, um, wait, did your anniversary coming up? No, October oh. 21st is our oh. anniversary. Yeah. I was all clapping. Yay. Yeah. No, no, just having our, our date. We really are good about that. Having our little date night nights and getting ready for each other and you know we still keep that little spark got it yeah we have two teenagers girl losing my mind however (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying but yeah i I, I actually you know before i left i said i would love to you know have a little date night so i think you're come on out yeah let's do it where are you gonna be performing at uh tonight i'm at guido's in rosemond it's called guido's at the hangar it's like probably like 
15 minutes from here. I've heard about that. They got great Italian food. It's really good. They're, they got some good pastas and stuff. Their pizza's really good. What time do you start? Uh, six to nine. Or so I actually, I got to head out soon. Yeah. Okay. Get going over there to set up. You, but. you got your makeup ready. So, you know. <laughs> I know. Well, that was my thing. I was like, it's perfect. I can come here, hang out, and then go right to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was so good talking to you. I loved it. I know. It was a blast. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I had a lot of you. fun. It's nice talking with everybody. Everyone's different perspectives and views on things. It's fun. Yeah. Well, th- thank you for also opening up to us on, on the personal side of it, because I know mm. that that was just a little, you know, like shaping in your world mm. even still. Definitely, yeah. So that was really cool. Thank you. Thank you yeah, for listening. I appreciate it. it. I'm sorry. I was trying to connect my phone to the um, uh, Not with this Wi-Fi Bluetooth. out here. No, to the, to the Bluetooth here. All this wind. Um, because I actually recorded that. Oh, the Marvin Gaye. Gay. Yeah. Oh, I, I got it on my phone. Yeah, but I was trying hey. to connect. You, know, you just hold it up to so the mic. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I hope you guys make it tonight. Yeah, Weedos, Roseman, 6 to 9. When, when, when are you back at Zelda's? Or do you have a date back there? Or Listen, I told you I can't remember anything. <laughs> hold on. I got a lot of stuff. I don't know if I've set up a date with them yet. Um, or buckles and boots. Aren't you doing buckles and boots? I am. I'm not doing them this month. Usually I do it every third Friday of the month. Um, but I have I had another show. Go ahead, standing. Well, let me, let me ask you a question, though, because buckle and boots and Zelda is a two different type of environment. Do you have two different sets or you do the, your same show? Well, no matter where I'm at, I kind of try to gauge my set based off the audience that's there. Right, okay. Because even at Buckles, you may have like an older crowd. Right. And they're not going to want to hear newer songs. Not that I do that many newer songs. My, mm-hmm. my set list is pretty old. But you can kind of gauge when they don't want it to be too loud. And they don't mm-hmm. want the more upbeat songs. So I'll keep it like singer, songwriters, or ballads. And then I usually start with that anyway to kind of gauge what people are interested in. But um, as long as I probably, I try to keep it more like flowy. And then like if I notice people are more in the party mood, then I'll like kick it up a bit. Buckles is a lot more of the upbeat country mm. stuff. And maybe I'll go out and do some sing-alongs that are not country to mm-hmm. kind of, like, just... Liven it up. Yeah, and not just stay in the one lane of country. Get some clips if you go, Diana, tonight. Oh, it's in the hip. Get some clips, I will. Get some clips of, of her work tonight. That's me. So, uh, That's my song. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got it. Hold on. I'm going to play it. Mike said, give me a minute, give me a minute. No, I can't complete it. Come on. Is that in the headphones or is that out here? No, that's on the headphones. Oh, I was like, I can't tell. This is the Whitney. You got to put your headphones on. I can hear it. Oh, you could? What song was this? Landslide. Yeah. I like her voice. I like your voice. Thank you. That's She's amazing. I'm telling you. Where's that? I don't think so. Mike. Reba. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I not get that? I thought I did. <laughs> That's a oh, this was the fun. Yeah, this is the fun one. Oh, you know what? I thought I thought I got it. I guess I didn't. That one's my original song. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't get it. I thought I thought I get it. Maybe <laughs> maybe I thought I got it um, because it was so amazing. I uh, just forgot you. to record it. But, <laughs> well, you yeah. gotta come tonight, and then you can record it. Yeah. yeah there you go. Good job on being prepared on that one, Mike. Thank you. <laughs>
Just Listen, I was at the media the, all I was up. in the moment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are organic here. Yeah, no. but um, <laughs> very actually, authentic. Because I want I want to I want to ask you this before we, we let you go. Um, your original songs, like where where you at with that? Um, I'm working on an album right now. Okay. Um, I given the whole situation of everything, I had to get some live equipment first because that was the priority was being right. able to do shows. Um, and now I was finally able to get a whole like small but it's their system of recording and so now i finally have the tools and i've started recording in january uh, my album so i have a few songs started um i have like 11 songs ready to go for the album okay. it's just a matter of recording them and mm-hmm. then getting them out there so this year i'm gonna have some new music out which i'm really excited because it'll be my first time putting out solo music mm-hmm. so i'm really excited about that because i've never done that i've never done this on my own and this is like how i felt with like i don't know how to set up my equipment for a show i'm at that phase with the recording but i'm a lot more confident that i'll figure it out okay and so i'm excited so this year is going to be the year of new music do hey. you do you have like a theme for this album yet or you're just recording right now uh, just recording. I mean, the the overall theme of most of the songs. I mean, there's some songs that are kind of just written for fun, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the songs are personal songs that kind of like kind of used as a therapy session. It's kind of like the story of my life mm-hmm. <laughs> in that album. I so, like that though. Yeah, so it'll it'll be like kind of just following what I've been through over the past year or two. Okay. Yeah. So kind of that. So are you? Do you have a a, a date that you're trying to do this by? Or no, I don't want to put a timeline on mm-hmm. it because I don't want to feel. The, the extra pressure i want to just like kind of work on it every day like i have been i'll go in in the studio in the morning and then my studio it's a bedroom in my house but (laughs) i'll go in there in the morning work for a few hours go to the gym come back listen to it and kind of figure out what i want to do with it and i have a lot of musicians locally who are phenomenal Mm -hmm. so i have a lot of people who i can reach out to to have them play on the album with the instruments that i'm not good at or that i don't know um so it's just been, I think, just chipping away at it day after day until I get to a point where I'm happy with it and then release, like, probably a single or two mm-hmm. and then the rest of it. So I'm just going with the flow on it. I love it. Yeah, no, I love it, too. Um, I guess we have to have you back when you do your, uh, yeah, you drop your album. exactly. Oh, no, absolutely, because I can't wait to hear it because... I'll have the songs loaded up that time, though. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> I'm going to get some cut from your date night, too. Just some, some clips, you know? <laughs> Are y'all, y'all throwing jabs there. at me right now? No, no, no. no I'm serious. I was dead serious. <laughs> I'm like, she really. I meant what I said. Because you're gonna edit this video, and then you have some clips from Diana going to date night, and then after talking about it, yeah, cut cut a couple little cut little, was little clips in there. Okay, yeah, yeah there you uh, go. Yeah, now the kids are gonna be away tomorrow too, so we're like, as soon as we drop them off, we can you know do our thing. There we go. <laughs> Well, well I, not I, in that I, aspect. Wait, wait, yes, that's what, what you meant. No, what, that's what you meant. No, what, what time are you performing? What time? Right? Yeah. yeah, six to nine. Six to nine. Okay, because I have a dinner thing. I have to go to at seven. Cool. So. I give you two hours, and I'll be at Zelda's tonight, y'all. From, oh, eight, from eight to midnight. Oh, but not Zelda. Excuse me. I, why did I say Zelda? I'm not like, I was like, where, what's today? Today's Wednesday. Uh, actually, no, it's Friday. Friday. I was convinced today was Thursday. I I was convinced. Look. Okay, today is Friday. Tonight is Don Cuco's night. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Eight to midnight. I had the right time, wrong venue. Yeah, that's where I'll be at tonight. Right I'm glad we're not live. I know, but maybe, because you might post something, because you're really no, good at that. I You'll am. post a clip in a minute. And all of a sudden, we're out there, and it's like the most unorganized part of the whole show. <laughs> like, this is a great show today. Well, every Friday and Saturday, I'll be at Don Cuco's Friday and Saturday, 8 p.m. to midnight. So either way, whenever you watch this. There it is. Yeah, so. and, and enjoy with, oh, matter of fact, this last question. Joy with an I. Yes, Joey with an I. <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> Why? Um, so that's my birth name is Joey, J-O-E-I. Joey, oh, okay. Um, so that's not your stage name. No, oh, okay. that's my actual name. My From the day I was born, Joey Dominique. Um, I was named after my dad, but they wanted it to be, they said whether it's a boy or a girl. You're it's going to be Joey. It's going to be Joey. So um, when they realized that I was, in fact, not a boy, um, they added the I instead of the Y. And so it was just always Joey. Nobody can pronounce it when they see it. But if I just say it's like the guy named. Joey. Joey. No, I, th- I think I asked somebody too because I saw it, but then I was like, and I hate butchering people's names. Yeah. So I always got to ask. And yeah, because it used to be just Joey Fulco. And then I'm trying to just, well, I mean, I'm getting married and there's other things. I'm like, let me just drop the last name now and kind of. Because I've always wanted to go as just Joey. Right. But for some reason, someone has that name, Joey, on Instagram, but there's no account, and they won't let me have it. Mm. So, I know somebody well, local. She's a, uh, her name is spelled the same. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if you can trademark that name. Pull a Kylie Jenner on them? Yeah, because if you could trade, oh no, because if you can trademark it, because I have a, had a couple of friends who have businesses that somebody had the yeah. Instagram, and if you go trademark it, um, and you get it legalized, then Instagram will release it to you. I've thought about doing that. I'll see. Um, because you're a public because fi- you're a public figure, so they yeah. will release it to Even you. If I've it tried to someone else. Mm-hmm. It depends, but the yeah. thing is, the, no, account it, the account it belongs to has been inactive. They don't even pop up when you look them up. Right. And I had I was look well one I was looking at how to reach out to Instagram. They don't let you. They're like figure it out. Use our FAQ page. Um, Just but yeah, Joey official. That's yeah, how everybody does Joey. Right. Oh, yeah. I did my username right now is Joey with a Joey with an I, and there's uh, underscores in between each word. Yeah, and so I'm like that because everything dope. else was taken. I didn't want Joey three six nine eight whatever. That's, that's dope. <laughs> Actually, Joey with my, thank yeah, you underscore underscore. Yeah. Why, why haven't you gotten uh, your check mark? I've tried. Uh, well, the thing with the voice is only. I made it to right the 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 round before the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Only the people in the semifinals get verified, and then they get um, they become part of the union. Mm-hmm. So okay. that that's taken care of from the show. If you're on it, and I wonder if it's just because I didn't make it that they won't allow it. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only Joey that's doing. No, this. you you can't. You, it, it's for because I looked into this because I'm getting mine um, verified. Um, you have to be if you're a public figure. It still has to be a business. Yeah. So it, they and they will look you up because it's like a <clears throat> two week process, I think, or thirty no thirty day process. They will look you up, and if you're an official business, they will give you the check mark. Hmm, yeah, I'll have to look into like an LLC on Twitter. Or you can buy it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, um, nothing's safe on Twitter right now. Oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get a message from someone famous, and it's gonna be some guy down the street <laughs> trying to get some information on you. He's like, "Hey, you you look great tonight. I mean, nice to meet you." Wow, that's interesting. Anyways, wow. um, thank thank you, Joey. Thank you, guys. Um, we are we are running out of time, and um, where, where where are you gonna be at tonight? And a couple of weeks. I know I asked you a minute ago, but a couple of weeks. Um, I'm at Guido's tonight. I'm at Guido's every first Friday of the month. Every first Friday, okay. Uh, from six to nine. Tomorrow, I'm going to be out in Tatchby, actually, at a winery called Triassic. But all my shows are on my website. It's joeyfulco.com. It's J-O-E-I-F-U-L-C-O.com. I have all my shows on there with the addresses, the times, everything. Um, so that's the best way to get a get a hold of where my shows are going to mm-hmm. be at. Perfect. So, man, and thank you for just being an inspiration thank in this you. community. Because yeah. uh, you, you really are. And I, I think, like I was, you were saying earlier, 
And it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because all my episodes are uh, timeless. Mm-hmm. So even if it's today, tomorrow, next year, someone's going to hear your story and be inspired by it. And that's why yeah. I love to do it. And that's why I love to, you know, what, why I wanted you on this show, because Thank a you. lot of people know you out here and they had nothing but good things to say about you. Well, and I, I had to have you on the show and yeah, I appreciate you. you coming on here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored that you guys thought of me and I, and it was a blast and I hope to see you guys again. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And actually, I usually close with. Um, well, you are going to close. You my, just didn't let me get to my, it, Diana. My uh, <laughs> crushing my goal, but it's funny because I usually flip them, and I don't know what's up next. And just reading it, I, I thought that this was appropriate. Um, in failure, there can be success. By that, I mean you can learn what not to do. I find that funny in a lot of failures because I've had enough of them. But I am resilient. My soul is very determined. I like that. That right? is very nice. And it's a trip because as soon as you leave, I'll flip it and then read it next week and be like, oh, shit, it kind of lines up with what we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was perfect. So, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good for summary. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Latif. Any last words for you? No, I just want to give her a hand. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. All right. Thank you. We out of here. Out. Peace.